This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. Live on the Radio.com app, weekdays 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, also 1430 in Denver, 93.1 HD3 in Los Angeles. Let's get back uh, to some college hoops. Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat, BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network, bringing Dalen Cuff at Dalen Cuff on Twitter, college basketball analyst for ESPN and the ACC Network. And Duke has forced us to talk about them. Everybody wanted uh, to write them off as uh, recent as just a few days ago, but on the national stage last night on ESPN, they dominate Syracuse. Uh, so a- as we look at this now, are the Blue Devils not only in? Lenardi has them first four out. So I I don't know if you would agree with your colleague Lenardi, but is Duke in? And if they make it right now, should we be talking about them uh, getting out of the first weekend? Wow. Uh, Begrudgingly, yes, we have to have this discussion. Um, (laughs) They they forced us into it. The the question was three weeks ago why we were talking about it. It was pointless even two weeks ago, but they have played better. Um, They've had guys emerge. Mark Williams uh, talked about him a couple weeks ago when he started to break into the lineup, gives them some great energy, some Offensive rebounding helps them defensively anchor them in the back. And with Jalen Johnson gone, Williams finds more minutes at the five. And uh, I think Hurt plays more at the four where he's more natural playing and uh, doesn't hurt them defensively as much and can, do, can focus more on the offensive end. Um, so this team is playing better. The freshmen are playing better. They're defending a little better. So, yes, they've warranted discussion. I, I wouldn't – I think Duke – I think their brand name has them in the first four out. If they were – you know, St. Louis, for example, with with a similar resume, six and five guys in the quad two in three games. That's not good. They've lost to a lot, a number of bad teams, um, and they're only two and three in quad one games. So they, they like their metrics aren't really good, especially when you compare them to teams like Minnesota and Maryland that are that are kind of, that are in on the bubble, but on the right side of the bubble that really don't have outside of maybe one bad loss. They have more quad one wins, granted more opportunities playing in the Big Ten. So it's the gift and the curse of Duke, the brand, and Duke being in the ACC this year because the, the league is not very good uh, relative to its past success. So they're able to, to rack up a few wins, um, albeit not against teams that have great resumes. But this last couple of weeks is critical. I mean, Syracuse is a bubble team, and I didn't think they were going to make it anyway, but they manhandled them. They've got a Louisville team that's, that's in the tournament right now. They've got a Georgia Tech team that's on the bubble. And North Carolina, their rival, who's in the tournament. So they, they can play their way in. Uh, Talking about them getting to the second weekend is incredibly premature. Um, they've really played – I mean, Syracuse and Virginia, were well, they played good in those games. They played well. Uh, NC State, Wake Forest, NC State's decimated with injuries. That was a shell of a team they've been earlier in the year. Wake Forest is not very good. So, out of their four wins, two of them kind of made me say, okay, could this team be good? Let's just start there. And then if they can be good, how good can they be? Um, that, that remains to be seen. Talk about them in the second weekend is quite a stretch right now, especially given they would – 
at best be getting a 10 or 11 seed. I mean, can you imagine they might play in a playing game? They might be one of the last four in to play in a playing game and, and depending on who the matchup is, they could lose that game. Well, if we're talking about Duke, we might as well talk about some of the other blue bloods since they're finally coming alive. Do you think Kentucky has any shot to win the SEC tournament? Because I could see, as crazy as it sounds, and as bad as Kentucky's look this year, I think they're going to get hot at the right time. I could see them making a run here and finding a way into the tournament and maybe winning the SEC tournament. Uh, the SEC tournament is the most wide-open tournament in the country, which is going to be fun. I think the Big Ten's you know, chaotic, but the Big Ten has still got really good teams. So I think you could pick one of the really good teams is going to win that. From the SEC standpoint, it could be Alabama has separated themselves, but but you know if they have one off night, and their LSU is one of the best offensive teams in the country. To your point about Kentucky, though, uh, no, I don't think Kentucky wins the tournament. As much as I just said, I think it can be completely wide open. I don't think those that that young group can put together the performances they're going to have to do consistently four straight days to to win that tournament. If I'm putting money on an outsider, it's more of an LSU type situation, uh, potentially Missouri if they start to get right now that Jeremiah Tillman is back after missing a couple games, unfortunately, to a, due to a death in the family. Arkansas is a team that could, could do it as well. Um, but I don't think Kentucky has what it takes. They played well. No, they played better in the last couple games. I think they caught a Tennessee team that's incredibly uh, enigmatic. I mean, they, 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 we know they can defend what we knew. Um, the LSU game, they did not defend. The first half of the Kentucky game, they, they didn't keep guys out of lane. They were able to drive and kick, and Davion Mintz is making threes. And Tennessee can't score. That we do know. And that's been consistent. They've got great freshmen and Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer. But again, when you're relying on freshmen to win you tournament games, it just doesn't work out in recent years. We look at the numbers last five years, only one team that had a freshman play major minutes got to the final four, even got to the final four. And that was Cameron Crutway with Loyola Chicago. So like that, like winning with freshmen in tournament time, and that includes in the SEC tournament in any type of setting like that, I'm not putting all my, you know, eggs in that basket. And particularly with that Kentucky team. I think they still have a major flaws despite playing better as of the last week and a half or so. It's BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network with Dalen Cuff, college basketball analyst for ESPN and the ACC Network. Uh, COVID layoffs been a big part of the conversation this college basketball season, and we've got Baylor coming off a three-week layoff against Iowa State. What do you want to see from the Bears? This is the storyline of the year, guys. I mean, obviously COVID is, but how you come off these these pauses is critical. I mean, and that's we we really don't know till you see it um, because everybody's situation is different. You got to remember, like uh, for some teams, based on your locality, based on who actually had COVID versus whose contact tracing determines can guys go into the gym individually? Can they work out at all? Uh, can they get in the weight room? What can they do based on your locality? Who had what? And what are the protocols within that league, within that school, within that like local jurisdiction? So everything's kind of up in the air. So we have to wait and see how things work out. From what I've heard with Baylor, a lot of those guys weren't in the gym at all for, for, for long stretches of these three weeks. So that you wonder what that looks like um, when they come back. But we've seen Florida State not do it once but twice, come back and look fantastic. We saw Clemson come back and look horrible. We saw Gonzaga come back and look great. So we've seen Baylor, you know, they, they had their issues earlier in the year too. And so I think it's a matter of what was the situation. We'll see. You, the opponent always helps as well. Baylor's playing Iowa State, an Iowa State team that's got a lot of issues and has been, you know, that's when you're when you're struggling that bad. There's the light at the end of the tunnel means we're almost done. We're done getting our brains beat in. I think Iowa State's, you know, encroaching on that territory. Um, so I think that that will be telling just how what Baylor looks like. The thing about their team though is defensively is how they're built. They're outstanding offensively and the, with the guards. They're very efficient as well. But they can just grind a game if they have to. They can win on the defensive end, which they always do. So I think we'll see how their legs hold up. And no matter what, it's going to be hard for Iowa State to score. They win this game. The question more so is just how do they look within doing it? 
and how they look in the next week or two as they build back to trying to, they're still a championship caliber team. Obviously we just want to see where they're at coming off the, the pause and how they, how they look in the next week or two. Kansas has been playing really good basketball. They've won five straight games. Uh, do you expect Texas to bounce back tonight against Kansas? They blew that 19 point lead this weekend to West Virginia. Tough loss for them. What do you expect in this one tonight? Well, guys, it wasn't just the, the blown lead. It was the blow up between Courtney Ramey and, and Andrew Jones. I mean, those are two senior guards that are, and that wasn't just like your old, you know, hold me back. I want to fight you. Like Ramey was pissed. Like Ramey was losing his, I mean, he, he was, he was incensed. So so that, that made the ability for them to get back together as a group. And I do believe that they're senior led and shock is a great coach and a high character guy, kind of bring everybody together, air it out and figure the situation out and, and then refocus on us as a team. Because this is, we have championship aspirations in our conference. And, and before they went through their COVID issues, they were a national championship contender in my mind because of their length, because of how they guard, because of their senior guards, because of the versatility defensively. They've got all these different aspects. So, and remember they played at Fog Allen earlier this year. That's when they were playing the best and Kansas was struggling. They throttled Kansas. And it was 84 to 59. It was the worst loss in Fog in almost 30 years. It would, they, they dismantled that team. So it's still not a great matchup for Kansas because Kansas, their guards aren't able to definitely break these guys down. David McCormick's been playing a lot better. But Jericho Sims is one of the more versatile bigs in the country in terms of defend, defending him. Um, but I'm interested to see how, the, how, how Kansas, how Texas bounces back, what they look like early in the game, and is this, is this all this stuff behind them? And if they can kind of start to build out of their defense again, which they did early in the year, and if KU is able to, to use McCormick and, and be able to score through him like they have recently, they've defended well as well. Um, but it's a, it's a really important game for both teams. I mean, Kansas, I don't think they're a national championship contender, but they could build into a team that could get to your second weekend stretch to an elite eight, I would think, just because they have, again, those limit, limitations offensively with, with nobody just makes the game really easy for anybody else, which we've been come, you know, common to see for Kansas in years past. Um, so I still think that they're, they're a good team that's trending in the right direction, but this is a tough matchup for them. I think this is an interesting game as we project out, and if Texas you know, kind of gets their, their stuff straight and can put that loss in that, in that dust up behind them, uh, I think they are the better team. Let's see if they can show it tonight. A uh, pretty big matchup for uh, each team for their own motivations here in the Big Ten, Dalen. Illinois is favored by seven against Michigan State. The Illini uh, b- back uh, with the elite teams in the uh, in college basketball It's uh, here in Illinois. People are just over the moon about it here. But uh, Illini hoping to get a one seed, and then Sparty just wants to make the tournament, but it is a tough stretch to finish out the season. How do you gauge this matchup? Uh Party's in trouble. I mean, your your yeah. your your fans in Illinois should be uh, really excited about the prospects of their season in terms of winning a national championship. I think they've, um, Io DeSumo is is the guy we all they all hoped he would be when he came to school, and he's improved on the court. He's improved as a leader. Uh, he's the best closer in college basketball when the ball is in his hands late. There's no, but there's really nobody in the country I would want to have the ball in their hands more so than Io DeSumo. Uh, it's not just the scoring, it's the decision making, it's his desire to rise into the, in those big moments. A uh, couple with Kofi Coburn, obviously inside, one of the best one-two combos in terms of inside and outside in the country. The freshmen are, are, have played better and have played well. Um, and I think, you know, Trent Frazier is a guy that continues to give you, you know, kind of big minutes and big moments at times. Um, so Illinois, I think, is a team that is not only Trent, they're, 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 they are doing what you want to do right now. And you just hope they don't have any COVID issues because they are, you want to plan your best as you hit the end of February. And that's exactly where they're at right now. Um, and whereas Michigan State, I mean, they're, they're not making the tournament. There's just, I mean, that, that is the gift and the curse in the Big Ten. You have all these opportunities to play really good teams, but to improve your resume, you got to beat really good teams. Now, beating Indiana was huge 
for them just to stay even somewhat in the discussion, even somewhat in the discussion. But for Indiana, it was, it was kind of a heartbreaker. But when you got Illinois, Ohio State coming up, uh, Michigan twice, I mean, the, the, it's, it's not going to end well for Sparty. Uh, it's been an unfortunate year for them. Their COVID issues were a problem. Their talent level is not what we're used to seeing. Rocket Walk has not emerged like they had hoped. Josh Langford, feel horrible for him, for that young man. All the injuries he's dealt with in his career never got to become the player we all thought he would be. Uh, Aaron Henry's shown flashes, but they just don't have the pieces. They're just not a very good team. Again, this is all relative to past success. We're talking about these blue bloods. They, they look at themselves, and rightfully so. They think about league championships and national championships, whether it's Michigan State, Duke, Kentucky, any one of them. Pick one. Kansas. But when they're not on that level, we are critiquing them based on their past successes. And Michigan State is not a very good team compared to their past successes, and they're not very good this year in terms of even making the tournament. That just is what it is. Dalen, sticking in uh, the Big Ten, uh, what, do you, what do you make of Michigan? I mean, obviously a very impressive victory on Sunday. And we talk about these COVID layoffs. They really didn't skip a beat after missing all that time. Can they beat a Baylor or a Gonzaga? Is Michigan a legit title contender this year? Yeah, 100%. Um, it's, it's really it's really Gonzaga, Baylor, and Michigan is, is right there in the, in the conversation. I think they we've – I've kind of thrown them in and out based on the COVID. I've kind of put them with a group of three, and then the COVID thing happened. I was like, yeah, we'll see how they come off it. And that first 20 minutes against Wisconsin looked like they were they were rusty. That second 20 minutes uh, was was astounding. I mean, that was a clinic defensively. That was uh, just a clinic on an offensive execution standpoint as well to dominate the Badgers on their home court. I know Wisconsin's struggling, but still, um, that sent a message. And that Ohio State game, that was just what I think we all hope college basketball should be every night. We, we wish we could see that every night. And the level of play, playmaking, shot making, the scouting of the coaches, you know what you're trying to take away. And then you have great players overcoming that and executing through it. Um, it, it was, it was an outstanding, you know, 38 and a half minutes. And really until Justice Sewing just lost his mind and threw that behind the back pass, there was just, from a coaching playing standpoint, there was really nothing you could ask for more. And then they had a couple late game execution issues for Ohio State that uh, allowed Michigan to win, but Michigan went and took the game. So they, they are capable of winning a national championship. It's those three in a discussion now. It's, it's Gonzaga, Baylor, and Michigan is right there. And because of their – they are defensively stout. The versatility they have with their wings, Hunter Dickinson in the, in the middle is, is an absolute beast for a freshman. Mike Smith, the Columbia grad transfer, has been, been great and been much better defensively than I ever thought he would, he would be or be, be committed to doing that. I think Jawan Howard is the national coach of the year. So, yes, Michigan is, is, is outstanding, and they've come off their paws and looked very good. I look forward to seeing how they continue to build forward. It's, they're, I mean, those three teams, if you, gave, if you gave me Baylor and Gonzaga on the field, which you can bet on in Vegas right now, like plus 120, I'd probably take that. If you give me Michigan, it's, and Vegas wouldn't put that on the board because those three teams have separated themselves as the three best teams in the country. Incredible info from Dalen Cuff at Dalen Cuff on Twitter, college basketball analyst for ESPN and ACC Network. Dalen, next time we're going to have to talk about if uh, Mason Rudolph's going to be your QB1 this year, right? Oh, God. <laughs> you guys might want to give me like 30 to 45 minutes to discuss all the, all, all the, all the front office issues and questions and problems that the, the Steelers have put themselves in in the last four to five years. But that's for another time. Yes, we will. We will definitely do that again. We will uh, check it with Daily Cuff once again uh, with College Hoops as well. Coming up next on BetQL Daily, our best bets. You're locked into the BetQL Audio Network.